years is Treller and Heisel's manager of the Financial Services Association division, has an MBA in financial planning and is a licensed insurance professional in several states. Jamie is the point of contact if you would like to schedule a complimentary review with the Financial Services Associate in your area. And Sean Johnson is the Vice President of Business Development with Treller and Heisel. He has been in the firm for nearly 20 years and holds the designations of Off-Chartered Financial Consultant and Chartered Life Underwriter. Okay. Welcome back to another episode of the Dental Student Vibes podcast. I'm your host, Seth Kalish. I'm here today with Matt Havis. And today we have two very special guests and they are going to give us the down low on insurance and pretty much everything that has to do with Trailer and Heisel. Absolutely. So we, we got a great interview for you guys today. Uh, we have Sean and Jamie, our two guests. Welcome, guys. Thank you. It's, it's a great place to be. We, you know, I've, I started my career over, geez, just under 20 years ago. And when I started, I was a, an associate for Tree Lauren Heisel up in New England. And over the course of my career, I've been promoted over a series of times. And now, you know, I'm, I'm honored to lead our advisory team with all, all the advisors across the nation. Right. So, and, you know, our focus in our niche since we started our business back in 59 has been advising dentists. So one of the first companies that have a niche or a niche, depending upon where you live, uh, <laughs> uh, focused market. So yeah. we're very proud of that. Awesome. So, I mean, that is definitely, you know, Matt and I are dental students and that is exactly who we are looking for. Um, cause we don't want to just have any sort of financial advisors or just get any advice from anybody. We want somebody who is dental specific, you know, and who actually knows the game for dentists. Understands the field and everything and, you know, can hold right. their own at, at the conferences like at an NLC. You guys were out there cutting it up with everyone. You guys fit right in with all the, all the dentists and everything. It was mm -hmm. really cool seeing. Well, I tell you, you know, I think that I like what you said there because one of the things that I try to help young dentists explain is, you know, we can talk about products all day long, but you should really start with the source of the information, right? It's like when you're doing a research project, you have to always note your sources to make sure that it's valid information, right? Right. Um, and there's a lot of misinformation. It's, there's a lot of difficulty getting transparency in my industry. So we want to be the, the firm that you can see the history. You can see our place in the industry. Um, and that we're educating and providing transparency for all this stuff. So really thank you um, for having us on to help provide some of this education. Absolutely. So Sean, one of the, one of the uh, things that we're looking for right off the bat is what are some things, some common questions um, that dental students might have for you? What, what's like something right off the bat that uh, you see a lot of dental students asking about? Well, I think they don't, Dental students, you're you're pretty pretty focused on becoming a dentist. Right. You know, you're it's so hard to get that business acumen and start to understand everything you need to do. And the large majority of you want to become business owners um, at some point in your career. So it's a lot of questions that revolve around um, simple steps that they should take in their insurance planning as they start their career. You know, there's so much more to finance and just insurance planning, but the nature of who you are. Um, and you're, you haven't made a lot of money yet, right? Right. You have, there's barriers of entry. There could be really high student debt 
Mm -hmm. um, but the future is very bright. And within the first year of earning money, you'll be in the six figures. So what are the steps that you take to protect that future? Um, and why do I need to do these things is typically what they're asking. Very nice. So um, another thing, why do dental students need to learn about these different aspects? And also when is a good time for dental students to learn about insurance and finance and all of that sort of thing? Yeah, so a lot of, you know, your bandwidth is only so, so big as a dental student. And I think that as you get into your third year is when you really start to say, okay, you know, all of the stuff that I've looked at for my, you know, my financial wealth has been, health has been, what student loans do I take and how mm -hmm. do I live, right? Now you start to think about, well, what if I can't do dentistry because of a sickness or injury? You know, I have no faculty members that are working part-time because they had an illness and they can't do dentistry anymore. Or what if I get sued? How does that all work? What if I want to own a practice? What do I have to do from a from an insurance planning perspective to get my ducks in a row to be able to to make that all happen, right? right. So those are the kind of conversations. And you know, when you know that as a dentist, there are those huge barriers of entry. You know, you put it, it's hard to get into dental school. Mm -hmm. You, you got to be pretty astute to get into dental school. Um, it's pretty expensive, right? And then you have a very cognitively and physically demanding job um, that a sickness or illness could affect you so much differently in your career than it would me. Yeah. You know, so, and you still got to pay back the student loans and you never, you never might reach your, your, your future income potential if those things happen. Mm -hmm. So those are the kind of things that you have to be thinking about uh, in protecting your future. Right. So have you ever seen um, like from your experience uh, a student or, or a new dentist or somebody who has that high loan amount and they get injured and they don't have proper coverage and they can't really pay back the loans? You know, I tell you what I have seen, you know, we have over 21,000 clients and we've been in business a long time. So we have a lot of claims experience. Um, just within the last two weeks, I've spoken to an oral surgeon that's receiving over $20,000 a month of disability payment because of a shoulder and back issue. Um, I've spoken to a pediatric dentist within the last month that I worked with that had a thumb issue and now is receiving from us over $10,000 a month. And I've actually had a resident in their oral surgery program have a sickness that they had to go on disability claim before they finished their residency program. Wow. So we know the need is out there and we know that in all those situations, that coverage was instrumental in, in providing financial security for them in their time of need. Mm -hmm. So I would say there's lots of stories out there where people don't have the right coverage in force when something does happen. Um, but, you know, after they meet us, we hope that we put them in a position that, 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 that they have that protection. Right. And, you know, that, that's a great point. Um, Cause everybody's got a different story, like you said. And I think that at least for Matt and I, you know, we want to become business owners one day. And we don't want to really have to worry about the insurance aspects. And that's, you know, that's why we look to you, the advisor. Um, yeah. And I think that um, like, you know, we, we obviously we want to focus on the clinical aspects and just, you know, owning the business. So it's, it's good to kind of delegate these out and let people like yourself, the expert uh, take care of us for that sort of thing. 
some important part of your team as a dentist, like the, the team you put together, legal team, whatever it may be, mm-hmm. the insurance part is huge too, you know, not only for yourself, but for your, you know, your office and everything like that, you know, in all aspects. And honestly, that's, I mean, that's the point is that we take all of that stress away from you really having to worry about it throughout your career. I mean, we try to meet with you every single year, review with you, but when it comes to you being a dentist, that's what you're focused on. And we can take care of the other important things throughout your entire career. Right. Right. Okay. So we got a lot of questions from our viewers, listeners, audience, everybody. And we got our own questions. So let's, uh, let's dive into the, uh, into the details here. Um, so what are some common insurances, plans, all that sort of thing? Uh, treat me like I'm five years old because I don't know anything about this stuff. <laughs> so, and these are, these are questions that all mm-hmm. students have. So Definitely. tell me right off the bat, what are some specific insurances and things that we need to know? So what you'll focus on the most when you're, and, and learn about hopefully the most when you're in dental school is about protecting your future income stream, right? So you'll, you'll need to have an understanding of disability insurance because disability income insurance is there to help provide you a paycheck if you're not able to earn it because of an injury or illness and cannot do dentistry, right? Uh, then you have the issue of if you get sued, you know, right now as a dental student, you're covered by the university. But as soon as you go out on your own then you, and start to work professionally, you have to worry about making sure you have the best coverage possible to protect your reputation. And when you're looking at professional liability insurance, all you're really doing is putting a law firm on retainer. You know, it's there for you and you want the best legal protection you can have mm-hmm. if you are sued by a patient because um, they sue whether you did everything right or not sometimes, right? So you want to protect your reputation. Mm-hmm. And then if you have loved ones that have, let's say that they've paid for your education, you want to pay them back, or you have some kind of debt service, or you happen to be married, have people to take care of, or you're, you're looking at potentially buying a practice or being a partner, those are things that would, would have you look at life insurance, because in order to get loans, um, you need to have life insurance in force oftentimes. So those are the three big ones uh, that you would need to focus on for your career. Disability insurance, malpractice insurance, and life insurance. And of course, um, the other stuff that you already have, auto insurance, renter's insurance, um, health insurance, that stuff you kind of already have dealt with in some way. Uh, mm-hmm. The stuff that you have to learn and move forward with are those three topics I just mentioned. Okay, nice. great. So Sean, with regards to personal disability, what are non-cancelable, non-cancelable and guaranteed renewable plans? Okay, so this is, you know, there's, our philosophy since we started has always been to have dentists obtain what's called a non-cancelable and guaranteed renewable insurance plan. And what that means is once you purchase the, the policy, pay your premium, that the contract language remains the same and the pricing structure remains the same all throughout the entire period of the contract. And usually that goes all the way until age 65. So you know what the criteria is to get paid and you know what your premium will be throughout your entire career. The insurance company cannot make any changes. Only you can make changes. With a non-cancelable guaranteed renewable contract, you in essence own the policy so you could make changes. You know, you could reduce it or change some of the features, but the insurance company cannot make any changes or any restrictions to the policy. So that is a big difference. 
um, in the industry and where you want to start. There's non-cancelable guaranteed renewable policies. And then there's what we would call a true group policy. Mm -hmm. um, and group policies, they can often change the policy provisions, change the rates, cancel the policies um, on you uh, throughout your career. So if it's your most important asset, why would you leave that to chance? Gotcha. So uh, between those two, which one do you think is a more common for dentists? Do you see more often? I think dentists have gotten the message um, and they definitely are, will know that they want to have a contract that cannot change. Right. It's just, once, once they're educated mm -hmm. on the non-cancelable guaranteed renewable contracts versus the group policies that might be offered through an association or through a future employer, um, the pricing is very similar, you know, but you can lock into something instead of having all that to chance. Um, it's, it's really a, a very wise choice to consider the non-cancelable guaranteed renewable policies. Gotcha. All right. Uh, great explanation. I appreciate that. <laughs> so concise. Uh, yeah. So next question from our viewers. Uh, what is the difference? <laughs> when right. Sean explains <laughs> What's that? Sean explains it, you know, it, it, it's almost like, how did I, why was that so hard to understand yeah. when you explain it? <laughs> You know, you read, you read like all the legal language and stuff and it, it doesn't make sense. And then it's harder on. to understand than what it really is. <laughs> it's that black and white. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. So the next question is, what is the difference between level and graded premiums and what is better for the new dentist? Sure. So a level premium would be you buy a policy at age 27 and that premium just stays the same all the way to, to your policy period at age 65. The only way you'd pay more for your coverage is if you bought more coverage. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. A graded premium says, well, the level might cost this much, the graded costs less, right? Mm -hmm. Which is good as you're, when you're a dental student, it can be a very valuable tool to buy disability insurance when you're young and they'll have a lot of cash flow. But the graded premium each year will get a little bit more um, expensive. And what you'll do is you'll be able to change that graded premium to a level premium sometime in the future mm -hmm. um, without going through a medical exam and then lock into a level premium later in your career if you use that as a tool, right? So um, if you can afford it, then the level premium is the way to go because it locks into your current age. Right. However, don't have that be the reason you don't obtain disability insurance. Mm -hmm. you know, consider that graded premium as another way, a tool to help you get the appropriate amount of coverage now at a lesser cost when you have less money okay. and then convert it to the level premium at a future age as soon as you can afford it. Um, so there should be no barriers from a cost perspective to get disability insurance if you implement those tools. Gotcha. That's very nice. So would you say that um, you said changing it at a certain mm -hmm. point? Would that be kind of when you go into practice ownership? Is that like a reason that people would change or? I think whenever you have the income that you can, you can, you feel comfortable from a cash flow perspective to pay the higher premium. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know, um, really that's it. And often, often students will feel comfortable from the very beginning, right? It really mm -hmm. depends on your own individual situation, your cash flow, you know, who's helping you with your finances. Mm -hmm. I know there's some support out there and it's welcomed, right? 
Um, but, you know, waiting a year or two to change it to level is not an instrumental change in your long-term premium, mm -hmm. okay. but it could be a very valuable reduction in price when you need to save money the most. Gotcha. gotcha. Sure you're making it. Makes a lot of sense. Okay. Let me, let me ask you a quick question. We'll take a break for a second from definitions. Mm -hmm. So uh, let's say I'm a fourth year. Um, we'll, we'll go through like a timeline of when to buy insurance. So I'm a fourth year. Um, I'm just, you know, interviewing in uh, the fall of fourth year. Um, now I go into spring and I graduate, let's say in June. So okay. when, when is a good time to uh, reach out to you, contact you about uh, which plans to buy and also just kind of take me through that timeline there. So, you know, even before you're close to graduation, you've already spent a lot of time, energy, and funds to try to become a dentist, right? And if you're unable to finish dental school, it's not like the debt goes away. Mm -hmm. And you also don't have that, potentially that same amount that you can earn, right? If you lose the skill set. So people can start to consider disability insurance as early as their third year in dental school. Um, I think really for me, what I'm concerned about for a young person, I know disability insurance is really important to get. Um, and in order to get disability insurance, you have to go through what's called a medical underwriting process. Have you ever heard of that? Yeah, but I do not understand what underwriting is. So, so whenever, you, whenever you decide, you sit down with a licensed advisor, you look at your options and you decide which policy you'd like to purchase, right? You've got to fill out an application with an advisor. And it asks a bunch of things about your health history, maybe your hobbies, your travel, right? Those sort of things. Then you sign forms saying, hey, um, you can go ahead and look at my health history, Mr. Insurance Company, uh, to see if you want to insure me. That's all you're doing when you submit an application. They then look at all your health history and they make a determination if they want to insure you. Um, so sometimes if somebody had a health issue pop up, they may not be able to get coverage, right? So the younger you are, typically the healthier you are. Mm -hmm. So what I encourage people to do is consider getting as much disability insurance as young as you can, um, because I would like to have you lock into something before your health changes. The worst thing, most disappointing thing for us is when we can't help you get coverage, right? right? So think about that as early as your third year. Um, but I really wouldn't want you to postpone it past graduation because some advisors are able to negotiate discounts that are associated with you being classified as a dental student. Mm -hmm. So, and those discounts can remain on the policy throughout your entire career. So from a pricing perspective to lock into some really great discounted rates, um, you know, don't do it any later than your fourth year, mm -hmm. um, but consider it as soon as you can afford it. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. And I totally uh, understand what you're saying about doing it uh, with regard to as soon as possible, because I, I have a friend who just graduated um, and she went to, you know, talk to somebody about everything. And she was 26 and going to turn 27 in the, the next month. And that they showed the difference between 26 and 27 years old. And there's a difference in price. So I guess get it as soon as possible, like you said. There's a difference difference in price, but I tell you, I'm uh, I'm much more concerned about health changes uh, happening right. that may impact your po policy. There, 
you know, there might be an exclusion put on your policy that you don't want to have because of a health condition, or you could get a rating or you could be declined, you mm -hmm. know, gotcha. while it's, it's relatively rare when you're as young as you guys are, it does happen. So, and if you can't get it, you're not able to protect your most valuable asset. So I, I'm more about, you know, really making sure that we're paying attention to the health side and making sure that you get the most appropriate coverage as soon as you can. And then we're going to, we're going to create with you uh, a, a premium that fits your, fits your budget, you know, mm -hmm. but first and foremost, uh, don't wait until your health changes. Gotcha. All right. That's a great answer. Uh, Matt, you want to take the next viewer question? Definitely. So uh, viewer uh, message in and asked, what is future insurability? What is future insurability? Okay, so what that means is once you once you have a policy, enforce. So uh, we just talked about the, the process that you go through to get a policy, mm -hmm. right? Well, you can put a feature on the policy that says, as your income goes up and you wanna buy more insurance, you don't have to go through that process again. They, they will let you increase your coverage without regard to your health. So right. let's say that I got a policy at 27 and I was healthy and I was, you know, making a hundred thousand dollars and now I'm making $300,000 and I'm 40 and mm -hmm. I want to increase my coverage. But in the interim, I was diagnosed with type two diabetes. Mm -hmm. so, well, if I had that option on my policy, I'm still able to increase my contract up to the new amount of coverage even though I've been diagnosed with that. So that policy provided me with future insurability. Right. If that feature is not on the policy, then every time I want to go to increase coverage, I've got to go through that medical exam again. Mm -hmm. And any new health history may affect that future purchase. Right. Does that That's make crazy. sense? Yeah, because like yeah. I would not want to buy it without the future insurability. Definitely. You know? So yeah, I, we get, you know, we'll, and when we sit down one on one, you should really examine what is that future insurability option look like on the policies because you know as as independent advisors that look at all different policies some are stronger than the other than others so right. that's that's kind of outside of the scope of what we're talking about today but it is a really important feature mm -hmm. so do uh, most policies include a future insurability but like you said they're just different strengths or how does yeah that so I guess we'll, we'll, we'll bring it inside the scope of our conversation today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Happy to do it. So the um, number one, an advisor has to place that feature or recommend it on your policy, right? So mm -hmm. hopefully you're working with an advisor that understands how important it is. Um, and then each company may, their language is a little different. Like some companies may say, when you go to buy more, you'll purchase the same policy that you initially purchased. And some policies may say when you go to buy more, it's whatever policy that insurance company is selling at that time. Mm -hmm. So if you understand the implications of that, yeah. that yeah. If, if the insurance company decides they're going to issue policies that are not as strong as what you initially purchased, you're going to buy more. Right. If you have the wrong contract, you might not secure that future coverage with the same provisions that you initially had obtained. Does that make sense for you? Yeah, yeah it does. Sure. I might have went on. I might have went around. That's fine. That's what we need. I mean, honestly, we yeah. need to do this for every single portion of insurance. Mm -hmm. So I'm mean, happy to do it. Yeah. So, and I was just busting your chops about that. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, um, you've given us some great information already, and obviously, we've got a lot more to talk about in the future. 
But uh, Sean, can you give me a little bit more about Trailer and High Soul, everything that you guys offer, and uh, kind of dive deep into that? Okay, so this is, the, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that. So, um, you know, Trailer and High Soul was started in 1959. We actually started with the, with the orthodontists, actually. And uh, we helped to create one of the first own occupation disability insurance policies for a dental association membership all those years ago. Um, from that time, we then gained the respect and endorsement of, of the National Association AMOS for oral surgeries, uh, AAE for endodontists, uh, ACP for prosthodontists, AAPD pediatric dentists, and so on and so forth. Um, and as we grew in, in clients, we also expanded our services. So now, you know, over those 60 years, we, we, we've always been a national firm, but we have advisors located throughout the country available to partner with you. For our insurance business, our advisors are salaried. Um, they do not receive a commission. And what that means is they're not incentivized by commissions. We feel that's really important because they can, they have options of many different companies and they can sit down with you and, and help you understand which one's right for you. And if you pick one over the other, they're not paid uh, by a commission mm -hmm. uh, and being influenced by that. Right. And a lot of um, dentists that we talk to say the same thing. Do not pick somebody who's uh, commission based. So that's, that's well, I think that that's, that's going to narrow down the field quite a bit because by and large, the industry, mm -hmm. uh, I don't know any competitors out there that, that, that aren't set up that way. Right. Yeah. Um, and then we have a, a experienced and dedicated support staff that really is, you would appreciate as a client. You can call at any point in time. If you, if you need to make a beneficiary change, you need a list of policies to close on a loan and I'm out meeting with a client, you'd be, you'd be blown away with the amount of support that we uh, have for our clients through our support team. Um, we have a property and casualty division, and that's the division that will take care of your malpractice, all your business insurances. Mm -hmm. And then we have Tree Law and Heisel Wealth Management, that is our wealth management division. And we're representatives for what's called an investment advisory firm. Mm -hmm. uh, registered Investment Advisory Firm, RIA. Um, for us, the firm is called Wealth Consulting Group. Um, what that means is we're fiduciaries. And as a fiduciary, we have to always act in the best interest of our clients. So we feel that our, our years of, of being in business and really creates the potential and, and the promise to be here throughout your career as well. I'm working with now third generation clients. Grandfather was a dentist, father was a dentist, daughter, you know, granddaughter is a dentist. And I don't think many firms can say that and, and work through all those decades and navigate all those, 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 those waters and, and be successful. Um, and I feel that the way we do business and the scope of the products and services that we have really position us to, to be client centered mm -hmm. um, in our approach to the services we provide and the clients we serve. Right. And I think that's the, the tree law and high school difference. And it's really hard. We really care about dentistry. We, we want to provide these services to dentists. Um, it's, 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 it's our life. So um, that's kind of my little sales awesome. pitch about why I love tree law and high school. Sean and Jamie, thank you guys so much. Um, this has been an awesome 
chat we've had and we've got so much more to learn from you. So we look forward to talking again in the future. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you guys. Right, Vibe Tribe. That'll do it for our interview with Treller and Heisel's own Jamie Fears and Sean Johnson. We hope you enjoyed this interview. There was so much insightful information they were able to provide. We would love to have them on again. And as always, follow us on Instagram at dental.student.vibes. Give us a like, comment, follow. Let us know anything we can do to make this the best experience for you guys. Give them a warm round of applause. Make sure you follow them on Instagram. Let them know. Let us know what you guys thought. And as always, vibe on.